In a world filled with movies, it can be hard to choose just one to watch. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I asked first. Come on. What do you want to watch? No. What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch, Patrick? What do you Where even watch? narrowing down a you genre can be a struggle. How about we watch a drama? Too many emotions. Okay, then how about we watch an action film? Too many explosions. I know, I know. Let's watch a horror movie. Oh, uh, welcome everybody to the Diecast Movie Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this ne- new episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast, where the movie we watch is decided by the role of the die. My name is Michaela, and I'm joined here with my dad, Steve, and my brother, Ben. Why don't you guys say hello? Hello. Hi, everybody. And this isn't just any episode, Michaela. What episode is it? Episode 50, 50, 50. So, it's been a while since we've done a movie review on the podcast due to scheduling issues between the three of us. Well, for all three of us, we did that one not that long ago with Napoleon, with Joshua Kenny and myself, but right, the episode Mm -hmm. where all three of us are present. Well, now that Ben's done his semester of college and Michaela's schedule's opened up a little bit, we had a chance to sneak this one in. But before we talk about the movie, um, we're each going to talk about something that it's been in, interesting. Yeah, we're going to give a little tidbit since it's been so long since we've done an episode. And Dad, why don't you go first? Sure. And um, I've last year, near the end of the year, I watched um, Unearth on a film festival. And it's a movie that I've really enjoyed. It's, a, a, it's called a fracking horror film. And I'm going to be interviewing the filmmakers of and that interview. Actually, I have interviewed them now. And that interview will be coming out the next episode. But they were kind enough to send us an audio trailer of their movie to talk about it. And you're going to hear it now. Hello, listener. John Lyons here, one of the filmmakers behind the new fracking horror film, Unearth. Unearth follows two neighboring farm families whose relationships are strained when one of them chooses to lease their land to a natural gas company. In the midst of the growing tension, the land is drilled and something long dormant and terrifying deep beneath the earth's surface is released. The film stars the legendary Adrienne Barbeau and Buffy alum Mark Lucas. I don't think you guys are seeing the full picture. Catherine, look around you. You got a highway at the back of your field now. And where's your dairy business? Huh, in my farm? The world is leaving us behind. But if you make a tree good, its fruit will be good. You make a tree bad, its fruit's gonna be bad. We don't need fucking fruit. We need a miracle. Yeah. George. Hey, Catherine. You make the decisions that's best for your family. I'll make the decisions that's best for mine. Unearth takes a dramatic, slow-burn approach to the real-world horrors facing many of us today in the tall shadows of big industry. Starting July 6th, Unearth is available to buy or rent on all the major VOD platforms, including Amazon Video, Apple Movies, YouTube and Google Play, Vudu, Xbox, and Fandango Now. For more information about Unearth, just listen to our interview here with Steven on Diecast, or go to unearthmovie.com where you can also find the soundtrack, poster, shirts, and pre-order the Extras Pack Blu-ray later this summer. Thanks for supporting Indie Film. And now, back to the show. 
And like I said, um, after seeing the, the movie, I reached out to John Lyons, and he was very nice to send us this audio promo. Also, um, he and Dorada, Dorada um, the other filmmaker, were kind enough to do an interview with me when it would come out episode 51. And um, I really recommend this movie. If you like a slow burn horror film, you know, it, it's really good, and it has the environmental theme. It's a, it's a drama and a horror film, so it's a little bit of both. And you really get to learn a lot about the characters in it. And if you want to get more information, listen to episode 51. And we talk a whole lot more about the behind the scenes of the movie. Okay. And uh, Ben, what updates and stuff have you been doing? Uh, I recently finished my semester of college and that was very successful for me. Um, And right now, the film that I've seen most recently that was new to me was Wrath of Man starring Jason Stratham. My dad and his mom, my grandmother and I, all went to see this film in celebration of my grandmother's birthday, or was it Mother's Day? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Yeah, and it was it was really nice because there wasn't too many people in the theater, and it was a very good film. It's about, it's a revenge story where Jason Stratham is seeking revenge for the wrongful death of his son. And it has a lot of armored car robberies and Post Malone makes an appearance in it. And I, I was the only one in my, in out of the three of us who even knew who Post Malone was to recognize him. So it was a, a useless cameo for the other two. But to me, I was like, Oh, Hey, that's Post Malone. I still don't know who he is. I mean, he keeps dropping a name. I, I don't, I, mean, I know who it is in the screen, but I don't know anything about him. Do you McCandle know Post Malone? Vaguely. Okay, so it's not a generational thing, folks. Well, it is. It, it is. is a generational thing, sort of. But I don't really care about Post Malone, so it I don't remember anything about him. He's, he's a music artist. I knew that. I just don't like his music. I don't listen to his music either, but I recognized him. I, yeah. I, guess, I guess that was a difference. I thought his face was recognizable. Yeah. Well, you also are a couple years younger than I am, so you yeah. would have seen him more than I would have. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Ben? Um, no, I hope everybody had a great spring and is heading into summer with a lot of positive energy. Yeah. Um, as for me, we've been very busy at work at the library. Um having people come in and doing our express pickup and everything. Uh, recently, I've been watching a lot of things on Disney+. Plus. I've been re-watching DuckTales, the newer DuckTales with David Tennant as the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Um, though I do like the original DuckTales as well. Uh, I've just been trying to get through all the seasons they have currently on Disney Plus for the newer one before I go back and rewatch that one. Um, I did rewatch Tailspin though, and that was a whole bunch of fun. I love Tailspin; it's great. Um, my mom, my grand, my mom's mom, and I have been reading this book series. Um, the first book is called "The Whole Cat and Caboodle." It's great. It's a mystery series um, about this lady and her cat named Elvis, and they solve murders in this town in Maine. Do you remember who that one is by? It is by Sophie Ryan. And I we have all listened to the audiobook of it, so I would highly recommend the audiobook 
um, the book is, I guess you could read it just as well, but um, the lady who does the audio for the book is very good. And so we enjoyed it greatly. So does anybody have anything else to add before we move into the review? I wanted to thank Dad for taking over the editing and keeping the show going while I was doing finals for school. Actually, you should thank Michaela and Dad because both of us have been sharing that duty and and, and trying to keep the show moving. And that's why we had um, a little bit of a stretch where we didn't have as many episodes come out as we were before. But now that Ben's back in the fold again and with Michaela and our help, we should be able to keep in a much more consistent flow. Yeah, I've been teaching Dad how to edit the podcast because I don't have a lot of time myself to sit down and do it. And so he's been kind of doing it and then asking me questions about it. So we hope it's been okay. So, yeah. Um, So moving on to the episode. So if you recall the last die roll we did, I won and I got independent movie and so the movie that I picked, I want to preface this with, I had never seen this movie before, but it had been on my list of movies to watch. Um, but sadly, they took it off of Netflix before I could watch it. So um, when I got independent movie and we were like naming different independent movies and things that I knew, uh, this movie came up and Ben's like, Oh, I have it downstairs on DVD. Blu-ray. Well, yes, Blu-ray. You have it on Blu-ray. And so I was like, great, that's the one I'm going to pick. And that movie is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So we have the trailer to play for you, and we hope you enjoy. What? 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 This place is so creepy. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? Just your average college girl. Why don't you go over there and talk to her? Talk to her? You girls, uh, going camping? <laughs> Did you see the way those guys looked? We are in here, little oh. now, boys. Squeal like oh, this. Yeah. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that I am standing in my own vacation home. Do you guys want to hear a scary story? Chuck, no, man. This story happened right in these very woods. It was 20 years ago today. Who wants to go skinny dipping? I do. <laughs> what is that all about? Tucker! Shush! Ah! Ah! Damn it, Theo, what the hell is the matter with you? We got your friend! They got Allison! Oh. Hey, where the hell are they going? Better come look at this. It's just a cabin. It doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? Maybe I will. I said maybe. Saw your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. Run! Don't be alive! They killed him, man. They left his body here as a message. He's making her dig her own grave. It's not work for a pretty girl like you. I grew up on a farm. It's either help out or get out. They're gonna kill her. It's us against them. Where did you come from? 
It's a goddamn suicide pact. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Oh, look out! Go to the police. It's a good idea. Everyone's doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, that's what happened, Tucker. Ah! Oh, He's going to walk it off. How's he walking right now? What the hell is wrong with you kids? What is the matter with us? I've never stood so close to pure evil before. I got 10 to 12 beers. They're on ice right now, man. They're yours. Uh, guys? Maybe we should help him. You've gone hillbilly on me, Allison. You're crazy. Time to die, freak. Yeah, that was the trailer for Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And I wish you guys could, like, see right now because my brother has put on rabbit ears um and it's really funny he's wishing it's still easter that's yeah, what it is he, he found my aunt gave me a headband with rabbit ears for easter um and so he picked them up and in, put them on in the spirit of finally doing another horror film i'm channeling my inner danny darko haven't seen that movie that's okay you don't, you don't need to watch it okay so the summary for Tucker and Dale versus Evil is two scruffy pals backwoods vacation takes a bloody turn when ignorant college students mistake them for a pair of murderous hillbillies. Needless to say, Tucker and Dale are the two friends. Yes, Tucker and Dale are the main characters. Well, Dale's the real main character well dale's dale's i guess the male lead yeah. and tucker would be the second male lead and then of course allison would be the, the, the female lead mm-hmm. yeah and and who plays um dale and tucker michaela um well, come on i know tyler labane labine which one does he play again ben dale dale tyler okay. labine plays dale and alan tudyk plays tucker yes who hang, plays Allison? Hang on. I Katrina Bowden. Okay. Ben already Good job, Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I had the list up, but it was on a different screen. To be, to be fair, folks, she doesn't have her glasses on. So. You want to know what's worse? I'm wearing my contacts. <laughs> I was going to say, you're pushing your luck there. She's wearing contacts, and I don't have my glasses on. Ben tried to pull that one the other day when I came in. He's like... You, it didn't happen. Michaela couldn't see it. She's not wearing her glasses. And I was like, Benjamin, I'm wearing my contacts. And here I try to help her, folks, and then she just throws herself under the bus. But well, I, I did try to throw a defense no, to her. I had to go between windows of what I had open. It's okay. It's all right. So ben just had a different thing open. so he. Yeah, the cast yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. I had the summary up, not the cast list. So, I guess I'll go first since I picked the movie. Um, I'm happy I picked the movie. We all actually sat and watched it together. Um, We don't always get to watch the movies that we review together. Usually Ben and I get to watch them together, but um, because of like work schedules and everything, we don't always get to sit and watch the three of us watch it together. Um, so that was nice. They had both seen it before, um, 
but it was my first time watching it, and I, I greatly enjoyed dark humor movies and like gallows humor type things. Um, my dad likes to remind me that one of my favorite movies when I was younger was is Arsenic and Old Lace, um, which is a great movie and a beautiful play. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. That's my that's my plug for it for right now. Um, so I enjoyed it. I didn't quite know like I kind of figured it was gonna be funny and stuff going in but I didn't know what was gonna happen throughout it but I enjoyed it um they kind of start with Tucker and Dale what like do you want to talk about likes first or do you want to talk about the, the movie first we can um, talk about likes what was your top like about the movie then uh, one of my favorite things, I'm going to go to a scene where Dale and Allison are in the cabin and they were playing a game called Trivia Up. Oh, that's a fun one. Yes. So Dale is, in his own words, he says he's not the brightest, but his brain's weird and he knows like. Trivia facts. Trivia facts. Like, specific things is all that he remembers. Like, weird weird stuff. He remembers everything that's been told to him, and he, as he said, and he, and he didn't get past third grade in school. Yeah. According to Dale. Yes. Um, So, they're playing trivia, and he's crushing Allison, like, big time beating her on the board. It's very similar to Trivial Pursuit, but, you know, movie branding and not copyright laws and all. So, it's trivia up instead. And um, as soon as that scene ends, you get another scene where Dale and Tucker are out looking for these college kids that had been harassing Tucker. And um, they're trying to give Allison back because she had been injured the day before and had, like, recovered in their cabin overnight. So now while they're out looking for the college kids... Dale's talking about how he was beating Allison so bad at the game, and it gives a really misleading dialogue between Tucker and Dale to the college students where they think Dale's just screwed up and was beating the crap out of Allison. And it's it's a very um humorous scene that I guess has appeared in media since Much Ado About Nothing and even before that. It's a very... Very humorous, misunderstood overhearing of words. So to kind of give you some context if you haven't seen the movie before, um, Tucker and Dale bought this vacation home in, like, the woods in this kind of, like, very rural country area. Um, West and so, Virginia. Is it ever... Sp- oh, yes, it is states it's West, West Virginia. Virginia. Um, so they're going up to their, like, vacation cabin fishing cabin, what have you, to, like, fix it up and, like, have a break and everything. And they stop at this, like, general store, and this group of college kids who are on, I think it's, like, spring break or... They don't really say it. Memorial Day. Memorial Day break. Oh, yeah. That's what they they do say. So I guess that's kind of springish time. Um, And so they also stop at this general store... And that's where they meet Tucker and Dale. Um, 
and they kind of like they're both there they're getting stuff for the store and everything and it kind of goes back and forth from Tucker and Dale's perspective to the college kids perspective and on and off again and then they Tucker and Dale get to their cabin and then they decide they're going to go night fishing and the college kids got to the where they're going to be camping and they decide to go skinny dipping at night and while everybody else is kind of skinny dipping Allison was like sitting on a rock and then she accidentally falls off of it and so Dale jumps into the water to try and save her and the college kids off in the distance who I believe they're all drunk by this point think that they're trying to kidnap Allison so um, Dale starts doing CPR on the unconscious, possibly drowning Allison. And the college students think that he's trying to eat her face off. Well, one of them does. You know, because again, this yeah. is at night and they're, he's they're quite at a distance this. away from each other. Yes. It's one of those perfect misunderstanding scenes that happens so frequently in this movie where really both sides are just trying to have fun, but they keep misconstruing and escalating the situation. Yeah, and so they, the college kids end up running away while Tucker's trying to get their attentions to, so they can come, like, get their friend. And so Tucker and Dale take her back to their cabin since her, all of her friends ran away. And they're very confused by this whole thing. Um like, why her friends ran away and didn't come get her and, like, help her and everything. And so then, later, the college kids, like, sneak up on their cabin and decide they're going to try and rescue Allison. I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't seen the movie. Okay. So, I don't, we don't well, want to we're just going to say... It is an 11-year-old film. But a lot of people still haven't seen it. So it's, I don't want to spoil it because the fun of it, I think, is really what happens. What happens to him? I, I think yeah. we can each talk about maybe later on our favorite death, but yeah, we'll we'll put that later on. Um, I think maybe when we do our recommends, we'll after that we'll talk about our favorite death that way. In case you haven't seen the movie, um, you can like stop and you don't have to listen to that part. And then, like, skip ahead. Can we put in the description, like, the timestamps of when we, like, stop talking about the death part? Well, we could, or we could, as you just said it to him, like, right after, or, I mean, when, when we're done our recommendations. I mean, pretty much okay. at that point, the only thing that would be playing would be that and not much else. Okay, yeah. So after we do the recommendations, we'll um, talk about our favorite deaths. So if you... Uh, want to stay tuned for that? It'll be a bloody good time. And one thing was say Eli Craig um, directed the movie and co-wrote it, and I did an excellent job of setting this all up with the, this 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 humorous horror film, taking the tropes and switching it around. You know, getting that um perspective. And on the Blu-ray. You can watch this film where they take away all of Tucker and Dale's scenes that explains it from their point of view and only see the movie from the college students, students' point of view. And it looks just like a typical horror film that you would see mm-hmm. going through. So there is 
did, so I, I thought that was nice. You know, a good thing if you if you ever get the Blu-ray, which I don't know if it's it should still be available. I remember it didn't cost much. It was like ten bucks at the time. But I'm not sure what it is now. We got Ben and I got it a couple of years ago, and I've seen it like at least a half dozen times. Um, I saw it prior to that when it was on Amazon Prime, and and I was telling them, the kids about it, and and Ben saw it, and we we're just like, oh, this is great. We got to get this just in case it ever leaves streaming, which is good that we did for Michaela's sake. Um, I really loved the chemistry between Taylor and Alan in the movie playing Tucker and Dale. I mean, mean they Tyler, Tyler, I'm sorry, Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk. Yeah. I was trying to avoid, I was just saying Tyler and and Alan playing Tucker and Dale, their chemistry was great. I mean, they just went right into it. Like they've been friends for years. They had the accents down for um, being a cup, you know, being a couple of them. redneck type thing, tip characters. And I think they're, they're, it's the way they played off each other. Um, Alan Tudyk's facial expressions, especially when the sheriff shows up at the, the, in the movie and how they're trying to explain this to the sheriff is just, you just can't help but laugh how he's just trying to explain this and it, this whole situation to him. So, I mean, it, uh, I know Alan Tudyk's known a lot for a voice work and he's also been, you know, not acting stuff also, but it was just this movie without him. I can't see how it would pull off because he is bringing so much comedy and charisma to it. And, um, and Tyler's playing this innocent straight man, you know, just bewildered by what's all going on. He's basically like a, a, a big teddy bear type character and his dog is just as lovable too. Oh, uh, the dog Jangers. is so great. He's adorable. They're so cute. The the dog that played Jangers, the dog's name is Weezer. In case anybody was wondering. Weezer deserves a pet Oscar for that year. <laughs> yeah. Um and if, what else what else did you like about Michaela? I like I said, I enjoyed the humor. I enjoyed how they I enjoyed how they were able to film it in such a way that the two groups, the the group of Tucker and Dale and then eventually Allison and then the group of the rest of the college kids were in like the same space but never really met until like the end part to try and explain their sides to each other so it was just miscommunication all around and everybody thinking that they were right and nobody really wanting to think anything else other than what they were seeing right in front of them uh, on the college kids point of view that these two hillbillies were going to murder their friend when really they just wanted a vacation home in the woods. Yeah, Tucker was really um, really heartbroken by this vacation trip because he had just spent all his money getting this new vacation home. Yeah, and he even said at the end, he said, I'm never taking a vacation again, which gives you an idea how, how it went for him. This whole vacation went for Tucker. Poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Poor, poor Tucker. He yeah. probably got, like, one of the worst ends of the stick. Well, I don't, I don't. By the end, it was almost like looking at 
Um, oh, gosh. Bruce Willis after Die Hard, where that's how beaten up Tucker was. Well, I don't think Dale really had any significant injuries whatsoever throughout the whole film. I think it was all Tucker. Tucker yeah. really got the, the short end of the stick on the uh, yeah on the bad happenings. Yeah. Well, I think that's also because, like, Dale, like, stayed with Allison to, like, take care of her and everything. And then Tucker was out going into the woods and doing other stuff, mostly. Yeah. They got his bowling fingers. Finger. I thought they said bowling fingers. I thought it was fingers. I don't know. I never really saw the hand up, but. One of those fingers didn't. Well, let's put it this way: I don't think he got all of his digits back. <laughs> the right ones. I don't think they got the right ones back. There's definitely one digit that's different. He even notices it at the end. Wherever yeah. they could add comedy tastefully in this film, they did, and it really was great. Of the comedies that we've reviewed, this was probably one of the most funny. It did have a lot of humorous moments. Like there wasn't, there wasn't much time in this movie that you weren't laughing. Or, like, enjoying what you were seeing. Because since you are having, like, the omnipresent point of view where you know both sides of the story, you you know how funny it is that they don't realize what's going on. Um, and it's just, it's very nice. Also, the characters are really easy to understand. Even though the college students, their setup isn't very long... You understand their motivations for the film. Well, they want to they want to typical tropes and stereotypes for each of the college students, like they would for any typical horror film. You know, you mm-hmm. had the guy that uses, who brings the drugs. You got the, um, the the ones that want to party, the ones at the alpha. You know, you have um, the hysterical female. You have other characters there. You know, that they're all they hit all the different marks. Um, the final girl, so to speak. Uh, so it's, but it just spins it around as to what, what is, as to what is happening. And the other thing I want to mention with this film, and it, it depended on your point of view, your taste. Um, it does have a lot of gore in it. I'm not a gore hound. I personally don't really care for a lot of gore, but the way they did it in this one was, 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 was so comedic that it didn't bother you. You know, when you're seeing it, you know, you're just, you're just, um, laughing at the same time cringing at the sight of seeing what is happening with the gore, but it is done in such a, a common a comedic way that I was, I was fine with it, but everybody's tastes are different with that. I just want to point it out there to people so they don't think that there is no gore in this movie, that this definitely is an R rated movie. There, there was a lot of blood, but it was funny blood. Like, even though it was very bloody and gross at certain times, it was funny because of what led up to it and why it happened. I also got to say, I don't know what college these students were supposed to go to, but these got to be some of the dumbest college students in the world. Like, All right, now, having worked at a college in, in, for... These for- are- like this is typical. typical. <laughs> I go to college and I didn't feel like no, no, you, you, these were the No, I ben, feel like the people ben. at the community college I go to were above this level. Community colleges are a lot different than the, the, 
Because I call the, them sleepaway college. Because they're commuter college. You're commuting back and forward. Where when you go to the colleges where everybody's staying there, trust me, this is a this is like Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> this is typical. <laughs> this is typical. There's a group. Now I'm not saying all colleges, but there is a core group I believe in every college or university that is just as dumb as, as these as this group. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's just a different level of maturity at community colleges. No, they're just, they're just not put together to be, to be, to, to become a group. <laughs> it's, they don't have to, at community college, they don't live together 24-7. I know that. I go to a community and, Yes, I know. But I'm saying, so they don't egg each other on as much because they're only together like for classes or extracurriculars and then they go home. And they don't have to see each other all the time. They don't have to live in a dorm with one of the people. They don't, like, they get to go back to their family. It's a totally different experience. And, and not be around the people with all the crazy hormones and stuff going on. And, and, and as Michaela can tell you, I mean, we're not talking like a great percentage. We're just talking there's a core group that she knows at her college I know from working at a college and I know from going to college myself and my brothers going to college and university, there's a core group at every one of them that is, that is always there to party and do this stuff. Most of the students there are there to learn and do whatever to become, you know, in their trade. Fully functional members of society. Yeah. But there's a core group that are there for totally different reasons and, this is an example of that core group. Now, again, one of them, one of them is an example of the the, the people that want to be there to learn and do stuff. <laughs> Allison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I think it's almost humorous how narcissistic the lead antagonist is. To the point where he just throws any logic out the window and goes to does whatever he wants. Ah, yes. He instead Chad. of instead of seeing this as a bad situation, he sees the events going on as an opportunity to take his own justice on the world. Let me let me read you this description of Chad's character that they have on the the list that I'm looking at. It's Chad, the group leaders in quotes and the film's main antagonist an axe crazy college student with ton a ton of issues and a specific prejudice towards hillbillies yes he definitely does not like rednecks and so he already comes in not liking tucker and dale you know and um without ever having talked to them he yeah. just doesn't like them. And we can't really tell you too much about it because that would spoil a lot in the movie about um, Chad's story, you know, and that kind of stuff. I think we might be giving a little too away. But but then again, you can kind of say the movie does give away a little bit at the very beginning of the movie about what's going to happen in the movie. They, they foreshadow it. You yeah. stop liking Chad or feeling any real sympathy for him pretty early on. I never felt any sympathy for Chad. He just annoyed me. It, it, that's why they named him Chad. Sorry for all of our listeners that are named Chad, but it's... It's, it's like the Chad and Brad memes. He, he's the Chad and Brad meme. But crazy and murderous. Okay, Ben. Okay, I've never seen those You're memes. You're too old. 
Anyway, <laughs> do we have any dislikes that we wanted to bring up? constructive criticism i really have no constructive criticism for it like i said I, I saw this movie years ago and i've seen it six times i enjoy it. it it's it's exactly what i wanted it to be when i saw the trailer and it's an, it's an enjoyable fun horror ride where you're you're laughing you're watching uh, like i said gore and actually done in a in a comedic way you really care about the three main leads you know and um it, it, it's definitely it's 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 definitely worth anybody's watching i would recommend if you like horror films that you should probably own this one you know because it definitely should be added to your collection and it's it's nice to stick in and rotate it through you know so you're not watching all these ones that are just dark 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 you know this this one is is light and dark and and has that humor to go with it and it's just leaves you with a good aftertaste it's like a, like a nice meal what about you, Ben? Uh, if anything, I would say there's maybe one too many people in the college group. There, there's one that really doesn't have too many lines and doesn't appear as often, I guess I would say. And a lot of the college students don't really get much screen time in the film. But it, it's I guess it's just what you would expect from a, a movie like this. But... I don't know. I guess I would say one one less college student would be my preference. I understand where you're coming from. I think we're thinking of the same college. Like, I think I'm thinking, I think I know which college student you're thinking of that um, can be seen as extra. And I understand what you mean by that. I I think it's pretty perfect the way it is. Um, I mean... The movie is exactly what it says in the title. It is Tucker and Dale versus evil. And it doesn't get much simpler than that explanation. And I, I don't, I don't know what else they could do to it to, I don't think they could really make it better. I'm just going to say, I highly recommend you watch this film and, as for evil, you can look at it in a lot of different ways, like Tucker and Dale versus evil as evil in a physical manifestation and also in a non-physical manifestation because people, like a lot of these college students, were automatically um, thinking that Tucker and Dale were this certain type. We're going to do these certain things, and we're projecting that evil onto them because of who they were or what they represent instead of actually learning who they are as real people. And I think that actually is a message that is still applicable today. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend this movie, a high recommendation. Um, what about you, Ben? Oh, I would definitely recommend this movie. When do we get to talk about the deaths? Not, I'm not quite yet. We're very excited soon though. So first before, um, the people who don't want any spoilers, any more spoilers, I guess, go. We are going to do the die roll to see who gets to pick the next movie. And so here we're going to go roll the die. And that's Steven 2. Yes! That's the this one? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's okay. that. Okay. So, um, 
Do you want to know what you might get as an option? Yeah, you, yeah, what are the options? Okay. So the options are action, horror, drama, documentary, musical, and family. Family. I do swear, you have, if you pick something weird. Do, well, he always picks something weird. Um, I do not always pick something weird. You made us watch Buckaroo Bonsai across the fifth dimension. Not for this podcast. That's correct. Not for this podcast. He just made us watch it as children. You know, there's there's a listener in New Zealand right now, Ben, It's very upset with you saying that to both of you. Because the, well, no, I enjoyed lis- Buckaroo Bonsai in the fourth dimension. Well, Ben, there's a certain listener named Alistair Hughes from New Zealand who loves Buckaroo Bonsai and is now probably thinking cross thoughts of you. Well, I'm well, sorry, Alistair, but it is not my cup of tea. Well, I remember it because the reason I think Dad got it for us to watch was because he took me to the pediatrician and the pediatrician also likes the movie and so he was like quoting the movie while we were at the doctor's visit and then he and dad were talking about the movie and I was like I have no idea what you guys are talking about I was probably like 11 at the time um never heard of this movie before and dad's like you know what I will get it from I think we got it from Blockbuster or Netflix or probably Netflix. Netflix Blockbuster might have been dead already. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, and so we watched it, and I was like, you know, this is a good movie, and I understand what they were talking about now. So yeah, here is and, and that would be you I could consider that an action movie, right, Michaela? No, I have to say I'm shocked to hear that four people enjoyed that movie. I'm honest. I'm sorry, Alistair, but it was not a good film. Okay, we note, are not here to review Buckaroo Bonsai. I just want to say, but Alistair, remember, you can leave us feedback at diecastmoviereviewpodcast at gmail.com, and um, you can um, reply back to Ben, and we will read it on our when we receive it. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Alistair. <laughs> okay, here's the role to see what category Dad has to pick from. Action. Action. Ooh. So are we counting Buckaroo Bonsai? No. Or is that out? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ponder this. and Because there, there are a lot of movies that come to, to mind with action that I can go with. And um, I think I think one might come up with something very nice. Very good. Very special. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us. If you want to stay tuned to hear about who had our favorite death in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, please continue listening however if you would like to keep it spoiler free um we'll give you a couple seconds while i hum the jeopardy thinking music to put this on pause that's not humming None of that was humming. You know what, Ben? It doesn't matter because I already done did it. Well, you called okay. it humming. Now, Michaela, since you picked this movie, you get to pick which death you think was the best first. Oh, my favorite death involves the wood chipper. Oh, <laughs> I love that wood chipper death too. I, I forget which kid. Dies in I think the it's the chipper. one you guys thought had no real purpose. No, 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 no. We, I think we were thinking Naomi didn't no, have much purpose. No, not Na- well, that wasn't who I was thinking. I was I thinking didn't like Naomi or Chuck. I the, didn't think they had much. I think Chuck is 
Chuck's the one that went to get the cop. Yeah, but he learned about gun safety. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. He did. Maybe it was Mike. Was Mike the one that died in the wood chipper? Mitch was not the one that died in the wood Mike's chipper. Mike's the one that... Uh, yeah, Mike is the one that goes into the wood chipper. Yeah, I think Mike's the one that goes into the wood chipper. So, this death, let me set it up for you. The Tucker and Dale and Allison are fixing up stuff around Tucker and Dale's new vacation home. And these college kids are going to ambush them to try and rescue Allison. So... Tucker is cutting up wood and putting it in the wood chipper to get it cleared out so they can clear the space in the yard. And this kid has a tiny pocket knife, like a really pathetic pocket knife. I have many pocket knives, and this one is not in a good pocket knife. It's very small. Not very useful for stabbing people. It's also kind of funny because he looked like a rather muscular fellow. And then he has like a tiny pocket knife. Yeah. Well, also, and how he, and his whole tack method with the pocket knife, what what was the point of you having the pocket knife? I mean, I know, I know. What, What he ended up doing was he held the pocket knife and then ran up behind Tucker and was gonna push him into the wood chipper. However, when he went to like launch himself at Tucker. Tucker bent over to pick up some wood and he went flying face first into the wood chipper. So then Tucker turns around with this crazy college kid in the wood chipper and he's got him by the legs trying to pull him out while the wood chipper's still going and he's getting And then you get this beautiful shot of Chloe. And uh, Naomi, who are hiding behind this log. And On gets, the other side of the wood chipper. sprayed by the blood. No, no. Naomi didn't get the blood. It was Naomi all ducks. Chloe. She stands there in her outfit and the blonde hair and gets smothered with gore. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. Ben, what was uh, your favorite I death? must say, almost the funniest part about that death was when they were taking him out of the wood chipper. And Dale fell over, and the body lands on him. So Tucker just drags it over top of Dale's whole body to take it off. Oh, you're right over his face. face. But uh, see, to me, the funniest thing about that was once the wood chipper stalls, and Tucker goes to him, "Are you okay?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tucker, Tucker is like covered in blood, and he's like, "Hey, college kid." You okay? <laughs> no, Tucker, he is not okay. But then again, Tucker was in shock. I mean, it's not often yeah. you get a college kid that dies. I mean, how many people you ever know to dive headfirst into a wood chipper? I mean, this is this is not something that happens all the time. I know, it's these crazy college kids. I gotta say, a lot of these deaths are just like really exaggerated household accidents. Oh, I, yeah, I carry a wood chipper yeah. in my household all the time. So Ben, I don't think you get it. I know, I know. I was joking. Ben, you. what's your favorite death? Yes, Ben. I'm kind of torn. You got to pick one. I like. I I really <laughs> liked Mitch's death. It was fairly humorous. So so good. I think it was point, the first death. It, first death. I think in it's the, movie. the third death shown on screen, but chronologically, is the first. It is the first death of the main grouping. Yeah, it's the first college kid murder. I guess. 
but um or accidental death self-inflicted suicide pack as they said it was a suicide <laughs> pack these crazy college kids yeah so tucker thought all the college kids were committing a suicide pact together and were coming to get allison so that she would hold her part in the pact a very convoluted explanation but i guess it made sense to him in the moment um anyway so at this point tucker is outside sawing up some dead wood so that he can get rid of it to clear area around his new vacation home. With a chainsaw. Yes, he's using a chainsaw. That's important. Also, very Alan important. Tudyk said it was his first time using a chainsaw. You can't really tell in the film. He looked and, very and Dale and Allison are in the cabin playing the trivia game. Yeah, trivia up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Tucker, all on his lonesome, cuts into this log, of course he does exactly what any Looney Tunes character would do. Cuts right into a big old beehive. And, it's and of important. course, those bees get angry. And they swarm him. And at this point, the college kids have gathered around, hidden behind one of the old rusty trucks, and have been doing a rock-paper-scissors battle to decide who will go and investigate the cabin closely. The unfortunate loser is Mitch. Poor Mitch. This is... Mitch... So this is the college kids after Allison gets taken to Tucker and Dale's cabin. This is the college kids' first attempt to go see, like, what's going on. Um, and Mitch was like, maybe they're just friendly. Why don't we just go ask them? Mitch is giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's he's one of the few, like Allison, that it, it's going in this reasonable and level-headed, and the rest of them are like, then you go. He goes, well, I don't want to go there. Because this cabin, we never said, it looks like something you'd see from the evil dead. I mean, this cabin yeah. is like every spooky cabin trope. And Tucker and Dale are just like, this is paradise almost. Yeah. <laughs> so on the inside of this cabin, there are what looks to be dried human rib bones hanging from the ceiling and other bits of bone. And there are all these news articles about different killings posted up on the wall. But, of course, the ones that Tucker and Dale see is the one for uh, the Chili Dog Shack. No expiration date. No expiration date. (laughs) Buy five, get two free. (laughs) As any Chili Shack would do. And they thought the bones were artifacts. Yeah, they thought the person that lived there before was an archaeologist. Anyway, (laughs) um, Mitch is approaching Tucker to ask about Allison. No, he was approaching the front door to knock on it. Oh, well, Tucker's just around the side of the house, and Mitch was kind of like the closest one to him. And all of a sudden, Tucker starts running around the side of the house, getting away from these bees, looking like Leatherface, moving the chainsaw all over the place, doing his little dance. And Mitch sees it, turns, and he is sprinting away from the chainsaw murderer and all the college kids bail at the same time. Unfortunately for Mitch, who happens to get passed by Tucker, Tucker as running behind Mitch, Mitch thinking that he's chasing him. Eventually Tucker draws even with Mitch and then they stare at each other. And then Tucker keeps going on into a nice clear field when while Mitch is staring at Tucker, he accidentally impales himself on a fallen pine tree. A sharpened pine tree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He accidentally impales himself on a fallen limb. 
And not only that, but he has a moment of understanding when one of the bees actually lands on his nose. And then you get this look on his face. He was like, oh, he was running from bees. And I got to give that actor credit. He does that all facial expressions. I mean, he sold the whole scene there of understanding and realizing that they made he made a, a, a huge mistake and he was right to begin with that there was a misunderstanding and then of course he dies. Also, he might have been the most understanding of the college kids, even more than Allison. Cause she said during her conversations with Dale that she had thought he was scary before and had misjudged him. This guy straight up from the beginning was like, Oh, they're probably just regular people. It's just a cabin in the woods to the, like so what if there's some rusty cars around it? Might as well just go in. But got peer pressured into feeling mass fear. And that, and that happens a lot in real life where you get a group of people. Like all, it, all it takes is a couple of people to incite the rest of the people to believe that when you get a mob mentality. And I think that's what I was talking about, the, um, the, the, non, the physical manifestation of evil and the non-physical manifestation of evil. And this is an example of the the non-physical manifestation where it sometimes becomes this idea and it just, the seed is planted and it just grows and grows. Also, mm-hmm. he was dressed a lot differently than the other college students where he was wor- he wearing was a what looked like, yeah, a mechanic's work uniform. And it was, he appeared to be from a very different walk of life, especially than Chad. And it was, it appeared like he was much more, down to much earth. closer to a similar way of life than as Tucker and Dale than the rest of the college students. And it's probably why he was more understanding of the situation. At least in my opinion. And dad. Well, you, you took my favorite away with the wood chipper, but I'll go. Well, it's too bad. You let me go first. I know. I know. Well, that's it. Understand that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. No, no, no. I, I knew the wood chipper would probably go with one of you two because by God, that is so gory and gross and it's laughable. Amazing. I want to go with, the guy that brings the sheriff, uh-huh. Mitch. No, I, Mitch. Oh wait, no, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, yeah, as I say, Mitch is gone already. Chuck, who brings the sheriff, and the sheriff goes in there, and he ends up accidentally killing himself. Um, but he comes out to the the squad car and collapses, and Chuck goes and gets the gun and points it at Tucker and Dale, and he pulls the trigger. He pulls tr- nothing, and then Dale says. Oh, you got the safety on. And you can see Tucker's face, which is great. It's like, it's like at, first, at first, when Tucker hears it just clicking, he was like, oh, it's not going to fire. That idiot has a safety on. Yeah. And, and then, then Dale, Dale points it out to him and tells him it's the little button on the side. Dale walks him through how to turn the safety off. And the kid, now Chuck turns, turns, the, turns okay. the gun and points it to his own face after he gets, and he gets the safety off. And then... Dale tried to say, no, 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 don't do that. And he pulls the trigger, and you don't see it happen directly. You, you see, see the after You effect. see the after effect because it goes on the windshield, but he blows his head. And it basically blow, kills himself. And, you know, and I, then, I loved it because then Tucker goes to Dale. Why did you have to tell him that? And, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it was just, again, showing that, Tucker just brings so much humor to this. And, and Dale is just such a nice, good-natured guy. doesn't realize 
that he's explaining to the guy how to arm the gun so he can kill them, even though they haven't done anything wrong. But yeah, yeah, Chuck Chuck died uh, 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 a stupid death, but dang, it was funny and um, and that kind of thing. But I want to say this: when Ben was talking about one too many college students earlier, as a thing, a lot of these movies do have. The, the body count. They need the body count. And that's why they put these college kids in there. And none of them are really ever described except for like the core couple, you know, like the core few. Okay. Also, you said we, you had one more deaf you wanted to bring can we up. Touch on the sheriff's death real quick. Well, Ben, why did you touch on it, Ben? Cause the sheriff had a, had a mighty fine death. <laughs> the sheriff, he shows up periodically throughout this film pulling Tucker and Dale over in a very humorous scene in which he notifies them their taillights out just when you think they're going to get busted for drinking and driving. And maybe something else. Yes, maybe maybe something involving Dale being shirtless. But I digress. And in a compromising position. I, I digress. And the sheriff gets to do the great line of every good horror film back in that trope. Don't you go up to that lake. There ain't nothing but death and despair up there. Don't go there. And then later on, he tells him, I warned you guys about coming up here. It's almost like the guy that always comes out in every movie and says, this place has a death curse, you know, and it was just, well, the sheriff was right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. If they had just heeded his advice and Tucker had given up his lifelong dream of owning a vacation home, it would have all panned out. But alas, they did not. And now... We're at the point where Chuck has gone, got the cops, Tucker and Dale outside of their home while dragging the half body to where they're going to dispose of it because they have realized we can't call the cops. There's no way they'll believe us. The cops immediately arrive in the most compromising position. And by cops, it's just the sheriff. With Chuck. And also... And all the kids in the backseat. And also I want to say, when Tucker and Dale are talking about this, Dale, t- Tucker tells Dale, nobody will believe this. They'd have to be, they had to be a, they think they, we were thinking that they were a complete moron. And as soon as the sheriff shows up, Tucker goes like, Dale, don't open your mouth. <laughs> and, and Dale's like, you, are you going to, Dale said something about only you can talk us out of this Tucker. I know you can do it. <laughs> and immediately Tucker puts on his best, my mouth is filled with dip grin and tries to talk himself out of this deep, deep hole that they've dug. And as a result, it gets brought up by Dale who couldn't help but put in more information that made them look more compromised that Allison is unconscious inside the cabin. So the sheriff going to inspect a possible hostages health condition enters the cabin with uh, Tucker and Dale, while all but all the college students except Chad are in his police cruiser. Chad was against going to the cops. In fact, he was probably the sheriff. The, the sheriff. In fact, he was probably happy that the sheriff did not succeed in his own deranged way. And um, as a result, when inside, the sheriff leans against this beam in the house that has been shown throughout the movie to be a loose beam that when you lean against it, a piece of wood falls down with nails coming out of it. 
Needless to say, that's just the beam the sheriff leans against. And he gets before getting his head impaled by a wooden block with nails, and where he staggers out to his sheriff's car and almost gets to his walkie-talkie before he collapses. And while he's walking there, Tucker and Dale are just going, how the heck is he even still alive? And Tucker's going, it's okay, it's okay, he's going to walk it off. I think he's going to walk it off. And Dale's like, how is he still going? Yes. Very humorous, especially because it's immediately followed by the death of Chuck. Meanwhile, all the college kids are screaming. They're all going, why didn't he just arrest them? And crying. And the, and the, and the three college students, they're in the um, the cruiser. They're in the part where they can't get out because it, they, they can't open doors from the inside because that's where the criminals normally go. Yeah, so they're, they're thinking in. that nobody what let us out. Everybody, we're like trapped in here. And then if, and if Chuck goes down, which he does, then they're thinking Tucker and Dale are just going to come pick them off easy. But, of course, that's when Chad shows up and the rest of the movie happens. But it's it's... Like I said, there's a lot of fun deaths and graphic scenes in this, and it's just—it's something you really have to see. We can—we can't do justice with it with the descriptions, but um, hopefully, if you're listening to this part, you've already seen the film, or you definitely will still see the film. Yes, it's, it's, it's possibly as humorous as a horror film could be. Yes, it's—it's it's very good. So I think this is gonna wrap up this episode. Um, we really do hope you enjoyed it, especially if you stayed all through our rambling about our favorite deaths in this movie. Um, please join us next time for a different episode. Uh, the one where, you, what are you talking about in that one, Dad? Um, I interviewed the filmmakers for the movie Unearth, as we said earlier, and so you'll be listening to that interview, which it's about an hour long, and um, and hopefully from that you'll do the digital viewing of it when it comes out July 6th in the United States. And as he said in the thing, when it comes out in other countries, some of them earlier, some of them later than that time. Um, and also we talk about when the DVD and the Blu-rays will be, the Blu-ray will be released during that interview. Okay. Thank you everybody for listening. This is the Diecast movie podcast, and we hope you'll stay tuned to see which movie we'll pick next.